Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast for our first Monday podcast of the season, 2019-2020. Fresh start this year, but the same old Sunderland draw, 1-1 with Oxford United, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, and Gareth Barker here is Tom Lynn. Hello. Hello. Long time since you've been on, Tom, is it? A few it months? Is, yes. Yeah, good yeah. few months. Good. So, how, how are you? After pre-season, you're raring to go? Or were you raring to go before Saturday? Uh, yeah, just obviously, you know, you go to the match and the pre-match atmosphere was great. The rope end was looking good. The weather was fine and everybody was in a, a good mood with the usual pre-season optimism. And then it was um, same old, same old. <laughs> Certainly was. Uh, thanks to everybody who came along to the fan zone, by the way, because mm. myself and Gareth are doing that now as a thing. Yeah, it was a thing that we did at the weekend. I mean, it wasn't us that drew people there, it was... Don't say that. Don't know. Take the credit for it. Take the credit for the fans on that. Come on, been don't do yourself years. down. I'm not doing we got off an down. opportunity to do something and we've done it and people turned up in the numbers now. We are joking, of course. You were well there, you were there, well. you were there despite us. Yeah, exactly. Rather than uh, because of us. But well, well done to Frankie as well. Sterling debut as a stadium announcer mm. for Frankie as well. So Frankie, our own, very own Frankie, he'll yeah, be back yeah. on Thursday as normal. He yeah. hasn't ditched us. It's nice to know. Yeah. Taken over. Yeah, because you think, oh, he's moved on to better things now. He's gonna, he's gonna give us the elbow, but he hasn't. So that's yeah. good. I thought it was Frankie actually when he was announcing the subs. You know, there's a bit more enthusiasm, yeah. and I thought I recognised that voice. <laughs> but, uh, so confirmation. He turned the music up as well. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, should we talk about the game? Just trying to put it off as always. Very familiar, this isn't it? Uh, it seems like it's ages since we've been so positive after a game I mean with the exception of Portsmouth in the playoffs when we won 1-0 and then got to Wembley pretty much since we got to the Czech trade final it's been familiar territory and it's been in a bit of a uh, negativity it's been a bit of a negativity vibe hasn't it yeah I think that there was some start at the weekend wasn't it we've only won 9 out of 23 league games since the, the start of the year um, and our form's definitely been up and down I think Throughout last season, there wasn't many games he actually came away from as a fan and thought, I really enjoyed that. That was, you know, saw some good football and, um, you know, you maybe had the Barnsley game at home first half hour, the Peterborough game where we ended up drawing, we played really well in patches and, you know, we showed a lot of spirit to get to the playoff final when we played Portsmouth over the two games and it's not always like for lack of effort, it's just, I don't know whether it's sometimes the way we're set up or the way we're coached, which I think that probably brings us on to another argument about Saturday, the formation, some of the players who were left on the bench, was it fair, etc, etc. So there's, there's, there's a lot to talk about, definitely. We can't talk about the game without talking about the formation. I mean, often we get people come on here and Kevin Ball is a, is a big advocate of this fact where he says, yes, formations and systems are important, but it's the application of the player and stuff like that, but... It's so different from what he's played last season yeah. and has been sort of put together over the summer mm-hmm. um, where it hasn't really looked like it's going to be great, but you've got to give him a benefit of depth pre-season. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't not mention the formation. Now, Luton last season, we, as we all know, won the league and, and they did it um, and they used their full-backs as their width. They yeah. played a diamond formation and they had James Justin and they had... Um, what's your guy called Jack Stacey now they've both earned moves to the Premier League off the back of this mm-hmm. to Leicester and Bournemouth and they're tipped to go on a big things okay they didn't play three at the back they played four at the back because they played diamonds so they had a centre midfielder sitting ahead of the two centre halves and the full backs were given the licence to bomb forward and get forward when you're playing three at the back mm-hmm. and a sitting midfielder like we, we did with Dylan McGeoch or mm-hmm. Grant Ledbetter could, could fill that role I would suggest your wing-backs need to be even more important yeah. when they're going forward. Now, can anybody explain 
why you would think this is the right formation, right system when Sunderland don't have outstanding fullbacks well, in that squad. It, I think that's yeah. the the issue with the whole thing is so you know last season, yeah, we had a bad end of the season. Um, in in terms of the results dropped off, we got the playoff final loss in the last minute, but we still got what eighty eight points was it eighty six points? Yeah. I can't remember. So we weren't that far off. Yeah. Um, you know we're in the automatic promotion race till the last ten days of the season. So late equaliser at Peterborough. At Peterborough, that did yeah. it. But we weren't that far off, and I think that a lot of the discussion over the the summer had been, yeah, we knew this new system was going to probably be introduced because of what we saw in the pre-season friendlies but the, the players that were brought in it was like well we've probably tweaked it and the players who've come in there you know should be decent in areas that we need so we needed a right back and Conor Belotten appeared to be a right back but also told he can play right at centre half or right centre half whatever you want to call it in that three um, and I don't know it just it feels as though we've we've added the players to the squad that we needed to improve in the way we were playing yeah. but we've changed the system which is hamstrung ourselves because now we haven't got wing backs we have we've got no pressure on on Denver Hume um it, it seems sounds harsh to say but he, I thought he had, he, had, he had a real shocking game at the weekend whether that's his fault or not he's probably hung out with dry a little bit out there um and and now it's like well we're having this big debate <coughs> about whether or not this system is right going forward. And then it puts press. I mean, the manager now is just fair play to him for trying to implement what he did at St Mirren because apparently this is the way he played the 3-4-2-1 or whatever at St Mirren. That's fine. But if he hasn't got the players to play the system and now he's in, he put himself in a situation where if he goes back to what we did last season, he looks weak because he's bottled his new idea after one game. But if persists with that, you might be in more trouble because, the, like, it might be reactionary. But there's no way on earth that that system can work without two wing backs. And where do you find wing backs who can play at this level? What, yeah. Where, where do you find them? Yeah. Like Brian I mean, Oviedo could probably play there. The other thing in all this as well is only a couple of starters, I think, from the playoff final. So it's not there's just a change two. in one system. outfield player and one key and the keeper. Yeah. 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 So like, what you know, it's it's not just a change in in tactics formation etc it's a it's a total change in personnel so a lot of you know a lot of new players all came in together and i think people were a little bit surprised with some of the names that were on the bench who maybe should have started games and why particular players have have been dropped did Ozturk, for example play badly enough to be well, he was to one, be of dropped best, or just... one of the best players at the end of last mm-hmm. season wasn't he yeah and it doesn't yeah. help when flanagan puts in a performance like he put in, I mean, it, yeah. the three centre halves, you know, weren't particularly. Good. I actually thought McLaughlin played well when we went all back four, and he played yeah, right yeah, back. Played, he yeah. played a lot better doing yeah. that. Um, you mentioned Denver Hume, Gareth, and I, he's he's a young kid, yeah. and yeah. We, we don't want to. It's counterproductive. Right, for he's us got to, loads. To of, he's a very talented the, yeah, young player. The issue is left back is not the same as left wing back no. at all. No. Now, he was the main source of the out ball in the first half, in particular. The ball kept going out to him, yeah. and he found himself in, a, in an advanced position. And you could see quite early thought, "I'm going to have to get the ball in the box here." And his, his crossing was off, and he it seemed like he had that to contend with, which was a lot. And then going the other way, 
he was suddenly thinking, right, where am I supposed to be now here? Because they kept getting him behind his side. Yeah, they exploded him badly. He just looked like he he was just thinking, what am I supposed to do here? I, I don't know how to play this position. Yeah, I mean, I've seen seen quite a bit of him on and off at different levels and he, he can look good going forward, but throughout, not just on Saturday, he worries me defensively. He just doesn't seem comfortable uh, from a defensive point of view. On Saturday, you could maybe argue that he was exposed as well because as a unit, the team just didn't do what they're supposed to do for each other. And like you say, he's, you know, he's a young lad, so you don't want to start like blaming one particular player for the failings of the team generally. But uh, I think left back is a position they've got to look at very quickly. And Well, I would argue, and, and right back as well, because Linda Gooch is playing right wing back. Now, if this is because of the the system where he wants to do that kind of lopsided one and you've got one going on on the right-hand side and everyone tucks over and he drops in when went def- in a defensive role. But I don't know, I just think well, like he, he, he was one of the players who well, Jack Ross was, was kind of jettisoned yeah, for the he, last three months of last season. Now he's back and he's playing right wing back. Now he did all right second half, to be fair to him. But yeah. Jack Ross would argue that's the best he's played for us for, for a long time. I know, but that's not hard really, is it? Well, no, yeah. but he, I mean, he, was, no, he was involved, wasn't he? He was involved. Well, he was in, I know, but in being involved, we're in. This is the problem now. We're in a situation where there was goodwill at the start of last season. Yeah. When Will Griggs signed for us, there was plenty of goodwill, and now we're at the stage where the goodwill is run. It runs out very quickly. Once, as soon as you know, as soon as you you know. Yeah, I think if you, gen- the tipping point comes. The goodwill pours out very, very quickly indeed. And yeah. now we're at the stage where there was grumblings against Grigg at, at the Heerenveen game, mm-hmm. and now he, he was jeered off from some areas of the ground on, at the weekend. Um, you know, you've, you've got to now the, the manager's put himself under so much pressure now that I think he's fifty-fifty. I think, like my personal view, is the feeling I get having you. You know, it's like like Tom when yeah. once that tide turns, yeah. I think, yeah, last season was a novelty, you know, you can take the, the third division as it is because that's where we are and, you know, it was a novelty. People enjoyed going to away games. We didn't, you know, we were always there or thereabouts even though we like squandered a hell of a lot of points at home. But this season, I think a lot of people's patience has worn thin and also by the the performance in the playoff final, I think in particular after doing all that hard work against Portsmouth in the semis where, you know, you had to hold your hands up, we like battled really well and did everything asked for us really. But uh, the, the playoff final was such a, a disappointment to, to to go ahead so quickly and then not really capitalise on it. You know, once again, we score a goal and basically sit back and let the opposition come on to us. I think that's. I think that was the with a lot of people who maybe weren't too sure by the way we sort of capitulated towards the end of the season anyway, results wise. I think the the game at Wembley and then what they've seen on Saturday, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of unrest. But I personally, I think Jack Ross is a decent guy. I hope he succeeds, but I think he's he's got to answer a lot of questions himself very very quickly. There's a lot of there's a lot of comes out about Jack Ross. You know, when players ask what they think about him, they all like him. They seem to really, really like him. But there's one thing that's attached to that that has been niggling away at me for a while, and that is we enjoy his coaching sessions. He puts on some really good coaching sessions. Training's really intense. Yeah. He tries to improve you as a footballer. These are things you see about coaches. Mm. Being a manager is something different. Mm. My concern is we looked like... we, we are. We, 
we are better than other team, teams individually. It stands out a mile. Our oh. players have got better te- technique than the opposition individually. Yeah. But that individually, I keep mentioning the word individual, and that's where it's important. We look like a team of individuals who are trying to force the game. Yeah. When we are playing, it doesn't look like the player, any of the players receive the ball and think, I know now no. what my next pass is, where the run's coming from. Every single team we play against do know that. Now, I know that it's different because, yes, they're, they're going to come here to the stadium of light and they're going to play defensively, try and hit us on the counter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah they, it is likely to be drilled into them more. And I just get the feeling that, that Ross just wants them to play with freedom without too much instruction, I mean, which is fine at times. Yeah. You know, sometimes fans of clubs call for that and yeah. they say the teams are too regimented and, and yeah. you know, they, they want their players to express themselves. But when the players are expressing themselves and they're not getting anywhere and they're running in a brick wall week after week after week, yeah. you need to try and come up with a way, certainly to create chances. We don't create any chances. No. But I mean, at the same time, though, going back to the original point, which player's going to come out and go, oh, well, the coaching sessions actually are a bit crap and, yeah. like, because um, you're not getting picked if you do no, that. No, 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 but... but if I'm, I know, but when, I know but when you talk, But when you talk yeah. about other... Ma- when you hear other players talk about managers, they don't have to say... They don't have to reference his coaching sessions. They don't have to say, oh, his coaching sessions are bad. Not what I'm a, say- but what I'm yeah. saying is they, they are giving you the reason why they're like him and they always put a coaching aspect to it, is my opinion. You don't hear that about other other managers necessarily. Now, there might be nothing in that, but I'm just saying it's been niggling away at me for a while that all uh, the um, praise he gets and the positivity that he receives tends to be from, oh, his coaching sessions are great. And he's, right. you know, he's good to be around. He's a nice person. He's good with us. What about on a Saturday? Yeah. Is, is, is what I'm getting. Like, I wanna, I, I'm interested in, I mean, this is going to, this sounds like now we're just like, the door's being opened and we're just piling in on Jack Ross now. I don't, I don't want it to come across. I don't that advocate. Way. I would sack Jack Ross. No, I just said. I, yeah, I, no, I, no. I hope he succeeds. I really do hope he succeeds because, apart from anything else, changing the manager and all yeah. the coaching stuff and going through all that again, we we just don't really need it. But he's going to be judged on results. If after seven games, I think you know we we, we barely we barely criticised him last season. No. So I think we're within our no. right to criticise him for the first time. He, really, he's, he's he's presented the opportunity and. Football's ruthless. Sunderland is not a sustainable football club at League One. No. It's six or seven or eight games. If we aren't near where we need to be, if we're not tracking okay in terms of going up automatically, they'll sack him because they'll have to. They haven't got a choice because, and then they'll have to make a decision on the kind of manager they bring in. Now, it sounds harsh, but it's true. They'll have to. And I'm not saying he's not going to turn it around. And again, going back to last season... He wasn't far off. Um, you know, if we'd finished third, which we should have, yeah. I think a lot of people would have had different opinions as to the fact we slid off and end up finishing fifth. Yeah. Um, where where that def- that's a first sort of opportunity for yeah. people to really sort of justify any picking yeah. that they want to do against yeah. them, which is fine. Yeah. That's football, but that's what will happen. It's ruthless, and yeah, last, last it's season's... a critical time for him now as the manager because of the pressure he's put on himself by bringing the new players in he's brought in, changing the system the way he has. And as I say, now he's got a decision to make whether he continues down the same path or he just goes, look, we'll go back to basics and try and just utilise the players in the positions that they, they know comfortably. Yeah, yeah. I think last se- last close season, people were philosophical because he, you know, he, he came in and had to do a lot in a short space of time with the new ownership and everything. And 
we did do we did do pretty well all things considered i mean we've got no divine right to, to automatically go back up you, you just look not that long ago at the likes of sheffield united and leeds who spent a few seasons down in the league we're in now but you're right gareth if you know if if we don't go up this season the sort of financial cuts we've had the last year or so will look nothing to, you know as to what will happen and the, no, the novelty value that we spoke about last season um <laughs> at the end of the day there was still thirty-three thousand plus against oxford but you're not going to keep getting that, was, that all that the time. That was higher than the opening game last season, yeah. which is incredible, really. Yeah, given I mean, the bit surprising because there was a lot of PR last year come out yeah. and it helped. I think the club, I think they need PR. Yeah. Personally, we discussed it before the Ports of Playoff game. It's gone, yeah. it's gone too quiet for my leg, and I yeah. Think yeah. It, it doesn't give a good message. It's suddenly they've been shouting everything from the rooftops, and then they go quiet. That continued yeah. this year. So, like Gareth, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, and happy there were thirty-three thousand fans. I do hope that the fans stick with it. Mm. We're playing Portsmouth our next home game. It's an early yeah. kickoff. It's on Sky, so that might mm-hmm. be that might be factored into the yeah. a drop They'll in attendance. Bring a few thousand more yeah, well, so. well, they'll have had, 2, a, they'll have had a cut because they were misbehaving. I think they're going to put nets up, aren't they? I think that's what Stuart right. said. So yeah. I think they're going to get about two thousand. I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned again. I don't want to turn into the Jack Ross thing, but on that because Portsmouth, we've got <laughs> he's putting pressure. He. Carl Robinson, now I know he calls mind games as well. Before the game, said it was a free hit for Oxford because, yeah. and um, I was reading something, I think it was Rock Report did something with, with one of their fans, and he he was saying similar things. And he was saying that, um, you know, the old players don't know each other, barely, they might not even know each other's name yet. So he wasn't expecting anything. Yeah. So it's not like we've come up against a side who know how they're playing, they're settled in, they've yeah. got the players, and like, and Jack Ross probably would have looked at this and thought, no, it's a good fixture for me yeah. to implement this system the players to go out and express themselves and it just didn't look like working at all now we go to Ipswich yeah. who won the weekend at Burton now looking at the highlights they were very very fortunate because um, Burton should have scored in the last minute and it was, yeah. it was one of those where you don't know how we didn't go in and they had a couple of those in yeah. the last minute but by all accounts they deserve to win the game um, then we have Portsmouth. Now, when you listen to all the people who have the levels of expertise down in these divisions, so I talked about like the D3, D4 podcast, and mm. what's one called? Not the top 20. Not the top 20 podcast, and they predict um, Portsmouth, Sunderland to go up, but they all yeah. put up switching fourth or fifth. Yeah. Then when you listen to the Totally Football League show... Three who predicted it, one had Sunderland winning the league, one had Portsmouth winning the league, one had Ipswich winning the league. So... Yeah. Really, the Ipswich and Portsmouth are expected yeah. to finish in the top four. Ipswich, both of them. I think Ipswich are a bit of an unhappy. Well, there was an article in the East Anglian Times last week um, with Paul Lambert just before the season started, and it's actually, if, if people can Google it, it's actually worth having a look at because they were asking him about the money he had to spend, etc. Um, and he just kept saying, "Well, you'll have to ask Marcus. You'll have to, you know, ask so and so." Yeah, he, a lot of monosyllabic answers. So it, it's not as though they're the happiest club in the world, but they've just come down from a higher league and they've got a, a good result on the That opening, is a great result. I thought I, I had a accumulator and I took yeah. Burton on that because I thought they'd, they'd win the game. Yeah. One thing you could say about that is, though, when Paul Hurst went to Ipswich last season, he took um, yeah, the, the, the Shro- players, best yeah. players, Shrewsbury players, and, and took them. Yeah. Um, so maybe they've they've got seasoned League One players in their team who've yeah. had a season in the Championship mm-hmm. who are dropping back down and they're going to be at a level that's comfortable. Yeah. Obviously, they brought in Norwood as well, didn't they? Who's scored a lot of goals last season for Tramia. Yeah. Um, but I, I was sort of reading the general sort of crack on Twitter and that about Ipswich and it, I was surprised they won the game because they seem to be 
Just Maybe there was a little bit like, you know, when we came down from the Premier League yeah. in, in the Championship mm-hmm. and that underlying difficulty yeah. seems to be there. So there's no guarantee that they're going to do well. A lot of people obviously tip, tip and Lincoln who won at the weekend against that region. Um, so again, there's going to be tough competition to get promoted. Portsmouth lost. They did. <laughs> and that, that's a funny yeah. thing. Pe- Peterborough lost as well. And Peter, you know, yeah. they signed a handful of players who they, they thought were going to really sort of push them on. Yeah. And so, it does, and it does happen. Look, it, it, it like does. Have, the, the, the season's not over because we drew one-one yeah. at Oxford. But mm. this is the thing: the the legacy of last year. You know, it's League One is not an unknown anymore. Yeah. Now I would say I know a lot of people were saying, and people might laugh at us and go, you, "You're talking rubbish." Because I heard a lot of people saying, "Well, Oxford, you know, played us off the park, or whatever." I think that's a load of rubbish. I didn't think Oxford really did much. No, didn't. We had a lot of the ball. We had. We had most of the possession. We had a lot of the ball in, you know, forward areas. We had, like, we had 30-odd crosses. We had loads of times where we got in behind and cut the ball back either into a defender or not to one of our players. Mm. Um, Especially you know, like a 10-minute spell yeah, in the first half. Yeah, and these, these these are situations that our players, in my opinion, should be trained in. So as soon as the ball goes out in the area, into that space down that side, they're available at the edge of the box or yeah. they're available well, around the penalty people Greg, think, like Grigg and McNulty with the scoring records they have scoring yeah. the majority of their goals inside the box you would think they I've, would be I, the perfect people to, yeah. to be prepared for a situation yeah. like Play, that. players like that have got to step up because I, I get them you know when you sit in the ground generally you feel as though there's only Maguire and McGeady can save us from like any negative situation so I think that, you know the load's got to be spread a lot more like the, you know the two people you've mentioned Charlie White when he comes back um, Lyndon Gucci if he can hit some sort of form you know they, they've all got to be chipping in but I think particularly with McGeady there's just a, a lot of expectation on him to come on and basically be like Roy the Rovers every time he appears on the pitch and it's just not going to happen I mean all nine scored five goals last season didn't he um, yeah. I don't know how many Gucci got probably about the same was it yeah um, obviously we've lost Catamore in the middle who scored six yeah um, Powell yeah Powell got a few mm. um, and he wasn't in the squad um, so we've lost goals out the, out the team yeah. and with strikers I was reading some stats saying our strikers haven't scored for 10-11 games or something like that Yeah. Um, so yeah it, it's um, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on the forwards I thought McNulty did alright I thought it ran out of steam a bit yeah but you know yeah. that can happen first um, half I thought he was really good I think Steve you, you were right about the, the, the sort of the amount of crosses we got in the amount of tackling we did but it, it's that word quality as well isn't it you know some of the I don't think I've seen a professional game for like a long, long time where there was as many mistakes in one game. You know, Hugh Mover hit probably three or yeah. four passes where he was under no pressure. Minutes, yeah. Gooch, some of his crossing was poor. And then you had just, I think someone took a throw in and it basically went straight yeah. out of play and people kicking the ball out. Mm. And, you know, even Willis a couple of times in the second half. You know, so his bizarre. passing just went to bits and allegedly would sign the best central defender in the division, you know. It did so, always come well, with a caveat that he, yeah. he, he tried these balls that didn't the come off well. Yeah, yeah, when five, I was like, five yeah. yard passes. Yeah. 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 But does that does that I, we, point, I, we, well I want to go through the signings in a bit. Does, so that, we, does that not point to a greater issue? Because with that, you know, is that a system problem where you, I know it's a few times it was getting the ball out to the to the wing backs few times where we we either threw it out them under pressure um, or we didn't get the ball to them yeah. um, whether or not the shape's wrong when we've got the ball in that area because yeah. it kept it kept on happening so I'm not making excuses I mean a, a football should be able to deliver yeah. a five yard pass 
Yeah, they're all going to make mistakes. I just think there was just so many in, in, in 90 minutes. And then after the matches, you know, in, in his post-match interview, Jack Ross was sort of mentioning about expectations from the crowd, etc. Well, I think it's human nature when there's as many mistakes. That, that, you know, it's almost if you, I don't know if you pantomime or a play something, there's like a collective groan if something's so obviously wrong or... You know, don't, people don't mean it. When, just... when a club is so not suited to be in a division, you're going to get... I mean, it's it's like Sunderland, before they got relegated from the Championship, had as good record in, in the second tier of football as anybody in the last 30 years. Mm. Certainly in the last 25 years or whatever it was, we hadn't finished lower than third. Mm. So then we're playing Premier League football. So then to drop through the Championship into League One for last season, which was only the second time in our history, yeah. it's like... Man United or Chelsea or somebody suddenly get relegated out of the Premier League and be in the Championship. Of yeah. course, the fans are going to demand, yeah. or not even demand, because I think the fans are being quite patient, but yeah. of course, the fans are going to expect them to dictate play, to have the players who have enough quality to win games of football against the like of, likes of Brentford yeah. at home, yeah. for example. What, what, whatever, that, that's a position Sunderland are yeah. in, really. What, whatever arguments you have, if you look at how we scored on paper, basically, you should be getting promoted. End of story. And they need to find a way to, to make that happen, because it's absolutely critical to the the future of the club I would argue in, in because it's going to become problematic next year it yeah. really will if we still we can't live we you know I know Chris Weatherspoon said it on the pod of the weekend if you on the reaction pod if you you know if you act like a league one club then you become a league one club yeah and we it's all very well banging mm-hmm. on about sustainability but we're not sustainable as a League One club. Mm-hmm. It is not possible. It's League One clubs. You know, yeah. we've got, there's a reason there's a 40, there's 48, 49,000 seater stadium in third League division. One in the third division. <laughs> Absolutely, we're the only that, one. There's yeah. a reason why. And, you know, the cost of running the academy, the, the stadium itself, um, and all the ancillary stuff, staff. You know, staff jobs would be under threat yet again. Well, uh, yeah, I mean that that has been no parachute payment, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah, it, it, these are all things that they need. They, they, every every decision that the ownership, current ownership, make at this stage will be under the pressure of the fact that if we don't go up this season, we're in trouble. Now, mm-hmm. somebody might come out after this and sort of say you're talking a load of rubbish. That's not the case. You know, I'm sure. You know, I know some of the owners sometimes listen to the show and they might be going, "That's a load of rubbish. We'd be fine if we didn't go up next season." But they need, like, if they need, yeah. they know they need investment now, so they're yeah. going to need even more investment if we if we don't go up. But yeah. so promotion, no promotion is not an option. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. to get promoted, and how it, however they do that now, I don't want to go. I know there's a lot of talk about we need a plan long term, build, bring certain people in, you know, bring a young manager in, give them the opportunity and all this. But say the worst comes to you know to pass for for Jack Ross and. He, we have to let him go. That has to go out the window for the primary, for the for the th- short term future. Because yeah. what they have to do then is go right. We just get somebody in, experienced, whoever it is, get into the championship, and then worry about it later. Yeah. Because they, they they have to yeah. get out of this league this year, or no matter by hook or yeah. by crook, they have to do it. And I know it sounds horrible and defeatist, and like it sounds like I'm you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater and all that, but. It, you know the, the the future of Sunderland football club is greater than any ownership, so, any manager in place, or anything like that. They have yeah. to do it somehow. I mean, so the, way, the way the way we talking now, though, um, you're right, and I agree. I can understand why the manager wouldn't want this sort of feeling and message to get to the players, because it's 
I'm sure they know we shouldn't be in this well, club, but we, it can't I'd, be like you, you can't do anything else but that. Well, it, I think we've said, you know, like, well, I personally, I've basically just said that on on paper, and somebody once famously said, you don't play football on paper, but our squad should have enough about it to get out of this division. And I think it goes back to our original conversation at the start of the programme about what formation he plays what personnel he plays, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think we're being negative. I think we're just having a, a discussion um, as to the best way forward. But as Gareth also said, if results don't happen, then the financial um, Armageddon that could potentially happen if we stay down yet another year needs to be considered. Maybe it's a good time to start playing Ipswich and Portsmouth because maybe the players Get did. The yeah, you always think, so we always say it, doesn't matter what season it is, what level you're playing at. There's always this argument, isn't it, that players can sometimes switch off subconsciously. I'm not saying the players yeah. did that, yeah. but perhaps they, like us, looked at the fixture and thought, well, yeah. you know, we'll get off to a winner here, we're going to express ourselves, and, and, and maybe... I, I, think I, ironic, it, I don't want to say it took them for granted, but... I think, ironically, Oxford was the first game last season where we suddenly everybody just woke up collectively and thought, this division isn't a cakewalk, because people... I know a couple of lads who had betting slips and they had like 4 nil, 5 nil. one had 7 nil and stuff like that and Oxford should have won last season they could have could have won early on in the game on Saturday although I agree with you that generally we played the better football and it wasn't as, as sort of bad as, as some people made yeah, out they, play, they it played, on the, they played if, on the break if you looked if somebody <clears throat> had no affiliation to the teams watched that game and you asked them for their assessment they would say Sunderland should have won the game they probably didn't quite create enough yeah um, and didn't quite do enough is what is I think what they would have said and I've got it does sometimes feel like the sky's falling in and Norwich actually are an example of a, are a good example of why to be patient because they struggled in the championship I mean even Sunderland beat them four one mm. in the championship that yeah. season and then I think didn't he Farquhar the manager five games in and he it won one or something and drawn a couple but they end up winning the yeah. league now because eventually it clicked yeah it's <laughs> It is a different yep. scenario I'm not, I'm because not, Norwich fans wouldn't have expected them to get promoted. That's a difference, yeah. of course. I think the expectation it, level isn't there. Again, yeah. well, people are going to say to probably listen to this. There'll be a section of people listening to this who probably far the other way and going like, "No, I would sack them tomorrow." There'll be other people listening to this going, "You've, you've played one game and you're like talking like yeah. Armageddon scenarios." Mm. Now they understand that the issue is it's not one game. It's yeah, we're looking back at the end of last it's season. Forty-six games in the playoffs. And things like that, that that are sort of tearing this. The fact he's changed the system now, he's a, another couple of points. See, you drew with Ipswich and you drew with Portsmouth. You probably wouldn't think they're the worst results in the world. But again, if you draw 1-1 with Ipswich and Portsmouth, yeah. people are going to be like, oh, 1-1s, 1-1s, here we yeah. go again. And, and you've it, got three points after three it, games, it, which it, doesn't look good. Because no, it, it you could have even had two defeats yeah. in the same tour. And it, it creates the, the anxiety and, and the, you know, the it creates that that narrative around the situation that we're in and it'll it'll just pile the pressure on because it's, it becomes more of the same it's the same old thing again changes need to be made because it nothing's been learned if i i think i like the three at the back generally i don't like it, it with the players we've got yeah. and if i was jack ross which you know i'm not he would be i'll be i'll be going i'd come out and just say look we're gonna have to go back to basics because i think everybody We've improved the squad, some would argue, if you listen to people outside of the club who seem to know the division better than us as supporters, seeing the kind of players we brought in. I would be thinking, let's just go to what we know. 
And I, I, I bet you the players would feel a little bit more comfortable doing that. Certain players, especially, I bet you Denver Hume would be wiping his brow. You know, where you know, McGee, I think, so I, think McGee, a left, I think a left wing back will come in. I think there has, there I just has think to be one coming they in. Have to, well, they have to do I mean, but the thing is, then you've got an issue. It's like, well, see, McGeady plays in the hole, or these players play in the hole, where, the, where they're picking the ball up in the game. You know, where, you know if you play one off the... If you play one off or, two... Or nine and power would make cases for being the midfielder, be able to drive yeah. forward yeah, with but it, and getting that pocket not behind the not, forwards. Yeah, but... From where Embleton played. Yeah, maybe, but what I'm saying is you, well, you're going to have to play... He's going to play McGeady regardless... So if he's fit, one of so the strikers saying, will come out. I think probably, but then where's it? Where's McGee? If he play, McGee's playing a free role, where's he picking the ball up? How deep is he picking the ball up? He's not going to do teams damage if he's picking the ball up. You'd have to take out the somebody yards. who's playing the position. But it was not ten. Take one of the strikers out. Give McGee a free role and put us somebody like Power or or Nine in along in in that midfield. I so think. you're playing one withdrawn and then you're playing three essentially mm-hmm. centre mid. So you're playing a bit of a kind of a a diamond within the within that mm. within that three five two so you, you basically sort of well it's a three it's trying to think why you get your creative players players arrive who could arrive in the box like power and all nine McGeady, you've just got to let him I mean, try and nine, open. Again, you need good wing backs though because yeah. you need some width and you need creativity and you need crosses in the box. You can argue all nine is it somebody who should be knocking on the manager's door and going what's going on here? Yeah, what like, have I done wrong? Yeah, I, I got young player of the season yeah, um, and I got you know scored five goals. I, was, I played out of position all last season, um, and he's brought Dobson in. Now you could argue, well, nine should be saying, "Why have you brought Dobson in when I could play there? I could do that." You know, do, how does that create? What kind of atmosphere does that create? Now you've yeah. got competition for places. That's fine, but I would argue he's got you know as good a case as anybody in that position to say, "I've, I've done you a job. Uh-huh. Give me a chance in a role." That is suitable. Yeah. I think regarding new signings as well, it was interesting, Stuart Donald said last week, didn't he, that they were waiting for the sort of championship transfer window to, to shut premiership and championship because there may be championship players that we could look at. So it would be interesting to see if there's any truth in that or not, whether they really have got people eye-marked. It's what you can wait for that now, isn't it? When, yeah. when is the championship? It's the end of August, is it? No, no. no it's not this immediately. week. I think it's immediately. It's this week. It's eight. It, it, Right, it's the 8th okay. of August, I think. Yeah. Right, okay. So the, the Premier League tra- window. It's September, of course, it is, 8, yeah. Because it's, it's been moved forward, hasn't okay. it? But you think, you know, as soon as they realise Oviedo was off, the, 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 they, must have, they must have left-backs in mind. It must be... But that's it. It's got to be imminent. Left-back. Where where do you find wing-backs in England? Yeah. yeah. Where are these wing-backs coming from? I mean, I know it's a, bit, it's a relatively yeah. new system. Like, you know, in England, it's certainly been adopted recently by teams like, you know, Liverpool... Chelsea, you know, did it. They had Victor Moses playing at right wing back. Yeah. You know, are we? Are, where are we going to find this left wing back? It's not. It's not a naturally trained position in England. The kind of players that we can attract is going to be a very, very small list of players that they can look at that can play in that position. We had Oviedo. He I mean, could have played there. It comes back to the, the, the other interesting thing in all this is your, your sort of scouting network. Obviously, Tony Corton's the name that gets mentioned um, when we're looking at players, etc. But when this alleged takeover, oh sorry, investment was going to be made, there was a lot of fuss made about this John Park, who, you know, did find some decent players for Celtic, etc. But it, you would think that if there was so looking forward to him coming in and unearthing some gems as he has done in the past, that the scouting network might be something that they're still looking at. 
because it's as oh well he hasn't come in so it's going to be as it was um only time will tell you know the quality of the players that have come in this close season but overall has it been that effective I guess we won't know do we until we see them more regularly but I still think we like I've said this hundred times we like variety that's what we lack now yeah. pace still variety we, we like dif- difference in positions you know we've got a lot of the same kind of players so if you if you want to change it you could, I mean it was a little bit sort of midfielder Steve Bruce at the weekend wasn't it it was like well just get all these like midfielders on mm. like attacking midfielders and hope that they're like yeah. just make yeah. something happen yeah. um, right where Bruce used to just chuck all the strikers on it was you know the opposite and we had all sorts on at the end and it was no you know we went to the back four but even so it was still a bit you know just let's just get as many bodies as we can on the pitch who might just pull something out of the bag which is which is why I, which is worrying yeah, it is worrying because it's not. It means there's no confidence in when they're playing the system they're playing in. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own opinion of what the team should be. But if you'd had a poll on Saturday of the thirty-three thousand, I don't think anybody would have picked that team. That's what's the. But the, the other issue is, if you had a poll on Saturday to pick a team, there probably mm. would have been about fifty different teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that that's and people yeah. shout four four two when you start doing that, don't they? Yeah, but it's yeah. you know every system under the sun, every player under the sun. It's become. Rather than sticking with what we had and improving it, we've muddied yeah. the waters by having a midfielder heavy squad. Yeah, um, which means that everyone's got their own favourite. Some people would have power starting, some people have Lebbit starting, some would have McGeeock starting. Yeah. People want to get all nine into the team. It, it, yeah. it, you know, there's so many opinions, and what also that tells you that although each individually individual each player is decent, it means that none of them are standing out over over the other because yeah. so many people have got I mean people like McGeoch um, he did play well at the weekend and he got man of the match but did. deserved as well yeah he's good um, but before that it was you know we've seen it loads of times at Sunderland where there's a player who doesn't play and he becomes Pele oh, and remember yeah. oh now and people yeah. you know Pete, there's loads yeah. of them well why isn't he playing why isn't he playing but I think the McGeoch thing was interesting as well because he wasn't even on the bench at Wembley and he was fit and then all of a sudden he's... He, he never really played again yeah. after we played Luton and Ormond. He played really well. Yeah. yeah. Job, he should have won the unlucky, game. He was unlucky to be dropped yeah. after that game. Yeah. He never really featured again after that. So that is interesting. I think uh, he got an... He did come back in. I think he got... A, he had an injury. End, yeah. I think he got an injury not long after. Was it against Blackpool? I think he went off injured. It might have been, you know. I think he went off injured in the first half against Blackpool. I think power came on. And yeah. then after that, he never really got back in. Do we want to quickly go through the, the new signings and just give a quick, if you want very to. quick summary of their performance and what we thought? I think I said McLaughlin, I, again, I, he, give, he, he was at fault for the goal. It was a crap, um, it was a crap ball back to him. Mate. It was, yeah. but he was he should he should have still done better than that. Yeah. Um, so it was two new signings, fault for the goal, but, really. Um, but I thought, again, I, I can see why he would play on the right side of a three-man defence. I think he looked better at full-back personally when they went yeah. back four. I think I, I know a couple of people who follow Republic of Ireland quite closely and they reckon he's more of a defensive full-back rather than, you know, like a, a wing-back. So probably better suited like a standard mm. back four, really. Willis, very erratic on the ball. I mean, was, at least he got a bit of pace to recover, which is something we didn't see last season. He looked a bit nervy to me. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And you kind of... You've made a move like this and you're playing the yeah. first game of the season and there are 34,000 fans there. Yeah. And uh, 
you could sense there was a bit of a nervous energy yeah. with some of these players. It, yeah. it does beg the question again whether why you would have three in midfield and you would have two new signings in there. Again, it doesn't, you know, Dobson, particularly, I, I thought did okay. Yeah, I thought, right. I thought he, got, I thought he yeah. got around the pitch he tried, well again. He tried to do his job. Yeah. yeah, a bit nervous at first again, yeah. but I thought when he settled in the wood, at least he got around the pitch. He did all right, yeah. He looked, when he got, he looked, he asks for the ball, he looks to get rid of, get it out of his feet quickly and move it on yeah. quickly without pulling up any trees. I, I think as debuts go, I think that was pretty fine. He looks like he tries to play like Henderson players. Now I'm not comparing yeah. the two players, but it's that yeah. similar style. Yeah. I but think if we've got into a, into a good flow, you know, the, a good standard of play, I think he'd be, yeah. I think he'd be good for us. Yeah. So who's that leave us with? McNulty. Uh, first half, good. And just ran out of steam. I think. Trying to create yeah. space from. Yeah. We had a good effort in the first half. Yeah. Up well with Griggs, He's, didn't he? I thought that was in as well when it left. Yeah. His foot. I thought the keeper had palmed it, like palmed it into the net. Yeah. Um, yeah I think he did. I think McNulty did all right in, at, at this level. Um, Will probably be a good signing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Frankie's going to be back on Thursday then, so we'll leave it for there. Um, apologies if it came. Like Gareth said, some people are going to listen to this and think you you weren't hard enough on this player or the manager or what. And some people can listen saying, "Well, that was really negative after yeah. the first game," but it's not. As we said, after a full season, it's the first time I feel we've really done a show where we've we've went quite heavy on the manager, um, and he, he he's put he's put himself under pressure categorically. Yeah. I do not think Sunderland should sack Jack Ross. I'm saying that now. Yes, Everybody, I'll, I'll say that. People agree well. with that. I hope, yeah. I, hope he do, I hope he does really well, but as Gareth alluded to, it, the results will dictate. Yeah, I don't think he sh- they should at the moment, but there'll come a point in the not too distant future if they don't win enough games in the next sort of five or six games, that they will mm-hmm. do it because yeah. they'll have to. And let's hope Ipswich is, yeah. is actually game. good luck, Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's hope Ipswich is actually a game that, that does spur them on and they think actually we, we can't afford to underperform this. Frankie will be back on Thursday to talk about that in more detail. Thanks for listening. Thank you.